Hello and welcome back to Reason for Hope. I hope you're having a great day. I'm having a great day. And we've got a great podcast for you today. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're new to us, welcome. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. It really helps us get a good rating and really gets the word out. Also, join us on social media where we can keep you engaged through our music, through our videos, and our daily reflections. And by the way, all the music on this podcast is original content created specifically by the Array of Hope team. So if you'd like, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and all the other music platforms. So often I hear stories from people that say to me, you know, I just don't hear God or I don't feel him in my life or I just don't feel his presence. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there a God anyway? So how do you explain to someone, how do you see or hear the invisible? How do you convince someone that God is listening and desires to be in a relationship with us? Well, first, it needs to start with a desire to be in a relationship with him. It's like anything in life. If you're seeking to do something or maybe you want to get good at something, whether it be sports or play a musical instrument or even learn a foreign language, it starts with a desire because you know it's going to give you joy and satisfaction. But we need to act on that desire so we can go to the next step. So wanting to be in a relationship with God, I mean, that's good. And that's a grace that God has planted in our hearts. But now comes the tough part. Now comes the discipline to make it a reality. There needs to be a regularity in communicating with Him. Prayer is a good start. People feel a lack of intimacy with God only because there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of continual conversation. It's like any human relationship that we have, right? You need to work at it if you want it to be fruitful. The only way that you can really get to know anyone intimately is to be in communion with them. You need to share your life with them. So the next step is that we need to try to receive the sacraments as frequently as possible. The Eucharist, confession. The sacraments pour grace upon us, which in turn gives us the strength to remain disciplined. It's sort of like that extra power, that extra kick to stay committed to this, because this is gonna be hard. You will see if your commitment continues, It becomes like a virtue. It's like training your muscles. Your muscles will get stronger and stronger over time. It becomes your normal. And you will feel your intimacy with God grow. God is moving in our lives. And when we establish that intimate relationship with Him, He doesn't need to speak words for us to hear Him. The invisible can become visible. And the silence can become deafening. And you will see, you will have clarity. And God will speak to you in ways that will surprise you. And that is an awesome way to live. So today our theme is, you guessed it, intimacy with God. And we have a wonderful couple joining us, Dan and Stephanie Burke. This is going to be a great show. I mean, these guys are awesome. So everyone, welcome to Reason for Hope. Here we go. So here we are once again with uh, Dr. David Heideck. Today, what we're going to be talking about is something that is relevant to really all of us. I mean, we're all struggling to know who God is. We're all struggling to understand who God is. But the, the million-dollar question is, how do we become intimate with God? God desires 
not just to have a relationship with us. He wants a relationship of closeness, of oneness, of nearness with us. And I think that this is summed up in this word from the scriptures, the word beloved. Jesus at his baptism, and I particularly am looking at Mark's version, uh, you know, after he comes up out of the water, uh, the the sky is torn apart and he hears the voice of the father and, and the father says, you are my son, the beloved. My favor rests on you. You know, um, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my beloved. Those words are heard in the trickling waters of every baptism. Actually, those words echo in the depths of every human heart because God created us for himself. You are my beloved. And this word beloved speaks of intimacy, of closeness. You know, in the scriptures, it's interesting. I'm just going to bring up a few examples from the scriptures of this word. And I've always been fascinated with this word because my name is David, which means the beloved. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been really been fascinated. And I've, and I've also always loved John's gospel. And John traditionally has been known as the one that Jesus loved, the beloved disciple. Right. So, um, I'm going to use three different images from the scriptures. And I think they really communicate this idea of our belovedness and what being the beloved means. The first is from the Song of Songs. Now, if you haven't read the Song of Songs, you've got to read the Song of Songs. It's like this love poem right in the middle of the Bible. This was always seen as a love poem between God and his people, Mm. between God and even like people like St. Bernard of Clairvaux would make it about God and the human soul, where God is the, the bridegroom and the soul is the bride. So anyway, at the end of the Song of Songs, you see the lover and the beloved, the bridegroom and bride, coming out from the wilderness, and uh, and people recognize this. They they say, "Who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her lover?" You know, here are these mm-hmm. two people. They're so much in love. Somebody looks and just is overwhelmed by this glow that and sees this bride with her head on the bridegroom's chest. So it's close to the heart, right, when you're laying on the chest. Um, there's another image, and this is a John, the beloved disciple. And the, the John's gospel has him lying on Jesus's chest at the Last Supper. And sometimes you'll see this in art where you always know who John is because it's the one who's got his head laying right on Jesus' chest. Again, the beloved disciple is lying on the chest, right? There's close to the heart, Right? But there's a sense of intimacy enveloped in the embrace of being pulled close to the heart. In John's prologue, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word meaning the Son, the eternally begotten Son. At the end of the prologue, it says, no one has ever seen God. It is the only Son. And then there's this phrase, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. So you get this sense that like the eternally begotten son is like in the embrace of the father and leaning close to the father's heart from all eternity. And he's the beloved. So I think what we can sum up from these scriptural images is this idea that being the beloved of God means being in his embrace, being enveloped in his hug, being drawn into his chest and and pressed close to his heart. I mean, that's just tremendous intimacy. 
I, I mean, it's beautiful. It, it, I, I, it reminds me of a movie where the orchestra swells and emo- the emotions pour out, and you're you're really engrossed in the the sense of love, that beautiful Im- intimacy. You know, um, I mean, it really is beautiful stuff. Um, our hearts truly do long for intimacy, and ultimately. Uh, Really, we're called for intimacy with God. So how does someone experience that sense of closeness to God? How do we claim this truth that we are God's beloved and really want to experience that in a way that fills our hearts? I think one of the things that we have to be mindful of is that sometimes it's our own trouble with either believing our lovability or maybe we've been wounded by relationships in the past or— Um, We have developed difficulties with trust that can really step in the way of our own relationship with God. I think uh, a key first step is to believe that God really desires this kind of intimate relationship with me, that that he loves me as if there were only me. And then um, a second step is a real commitment to prayer because you learn about your belovedness through communicating and relating with another You know, we long for intimacy in our relationships here on earth, our earthly relationships, right? But how is it that we enter into intimacy with with people that we know here? We enter into it by, by sharing our hearts, by opening ourselves up, by allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with another. Now, I'm going to suggest with regards to that prayer, a, a twofold approach. The one is putting ourselves in a place where we can really sit in silence. And oftentimes we fill our prayer with words. Do we ever just sit and listen to those words of love coming to us? Right? So I think that's important. And and don't get me wrong, formal prayer, vocal prayer, all important and great. But I think that if we really want to experience this idea of our own belovedness, we need to practice the presence of God. St. Francis de Sales talks about this in his introduction to the devout life. This has got to be the first step. We've got to place ourselves in God's presence. Be aware of this and just sit quietly. I think what it is is that some people are just afraid to do that. Some people are just um, – it's a, an experience that's uncomfortable just to sit there. And, and um, you've you got to work through that. You've got you, you to gotta, – push yourself to just sit there and be patient in a way, right? And I remember a conversation you and I had a little while ago that it, it, you you had an analogy about sports where it's like anything else. You, you, have to, you have to continue. You have to create some sort of routine, a regiment. You have to get through the burn. I remember you saying right, yeah. that. And it's like that with prayer because initially it may not happen, but if you do it often enough, you'll start to have the sense of euphoria and communion. Right. And so the key is that when you feel uncomfortable, stay. Right. Stay. Right. You know, stay a little longer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, come back and the next time, a little longer. You know, and, and then the, what's going to happen one day is you're going to be sitting there in silence and all of a sudden 20 minutes are going to go by and you're going to, where did that 20 minutes go? Right. But you, you got to get to that place. And that's where I think you can really hear the voice of God speak to you, and you can feel and experience God's love pour over you and into you. Sometimes what can help with that, too, is a good scripture, just a short one to start. So, like, for example, in the Song of Songs, I'm really fond of another verse. I mentioned one before. I'm really fond of another verse where where the, the bridegroom says, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. You have ravished my heart with one glance of your eyes. 
Now, when you consider that the bridegroom is God and the bride is like us, mm-hmm. what God is saying there is that we've ravished his heart with one glance of our eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, imagine like when when uh, you were first you know, dating Sue and you realized that she liked you. She looked at you a certain way and you're like, oh! Right, right. She noticed me, right? right? Like, you know, sure. it's exciting. And, and yet that's what God's saying he feels about us when we look to him, when we notice him. Wow, that's like profound, right? It's hard to wrap our minds know, around that, thinking that the creator of the universe has that desire to have that intimacy with us. But right. But that's it. And so, like, you might start with a scripture quote like that, that one that really helps you acknowledge mm. that there's a desire for intimacy. Right. And then just sit with it, maybe pray it out loud once or twice, and then just sit. So you can start that way. But then when you get into that space where you've been sitting for quiet, a quiet time for a while, now you know what? Just pour your heart out. Just pour your heart out. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Don't worry about how it comes out. Don't worry about saying all the right words. Don't worry about using thou's and these. You know, like just pour out what's in your heart. This is how I feel. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. So that's what we need to do with God if we want to have intimacy with God. We've got to just pour ourselves out. We've got to pour ourselves out. And, you know, my last point on this would be If we can come before Jesus in the Eucharist, this is like a great spot of intimacy. All the, to pray, you don't have to be in a particular spot. So like what I was talking about before, finding some time for solitude, you can have a nice quiet spot in nature you love to go sit. I recommend it, you know? Um, You could find a little place in your house or around your property that is a, a quiet place of solitude that gives you peace. I recommend it. Clearly, being in front of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament is a powerful, powerful place to experience Mm -hmm. his presence and his intimacy and have greater intimacy with him. So you go into a church and sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament. If you can't get to daily Mass, maybe what you can do is you can make an act of spiritual communion. Say, I want to be one with you, Lord. I want to be in communion with you. You know, it's interesting. The Mass itself, we say, you know, Behold the Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. Blessed are those who are called to the Supper of the Lamb. That's a reference to the book of Revelation. And heaven is described as a great wedding feast. And the Mass is a participation in the wedding feast. And so what are we celebrating there? We're celebrating a marriage. A marriage between who and who? Between Christ and his church. Between Christ and me. Mm -hmm. And, And we're getting a foretaste of that eternal communion in holy communion. So the Eucharist, and starting to look at the Eucharist is that union of bridegroom and bride, and experiencing it in that way, in that that intimate communion, mm-hmm. well, that's another way. It's like changing our vision of looking at the Eucharist, you know, seeing it in terms of this intimacy, that it is the most intimate moment conceivable with our Lord on this side of eternity. Yeah. Amen. You know, with the craziness of our culture, our country, our families are so divided, our country is so polarized, um, we, it's statistically showing that our stress, our angst is growing amongst us because Mm -hmm. of what's happening. Why wouldn't we want to be intimate and have that space of uh, peace with our Lord, right? And I think it's just so beautiful that we are his beloved, 
right? Uh, I think this was an awesome, awesome conversation, and I think it's something that uh, um, all of us need to hear. We need to know that God desires our intimacy. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it kind of gets me a little emotional right now just to think about that, that he wants that. Amen. Yeah. My Okay, so today I'm calling Enza Cerami. She actually has a uh, organization, a nonprofit called Living Stones, and she teaches on the subject of chastity and, and shares her witness. And, and she's a beautiful person. Um, I kind of have something scheduled with her, but she doesn't really know why I'm calling and what it's about. So I'm going to hopefully surprise her. Hi, Mario. How are you? Hey, Enza. How you doing? I'm doing well. I was just watching Rise Up. <laughs> Rise Up? Just, yeah, I was on your website. I right was on. To, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really neat. That's great. I love it. That's great. That's great. I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying it. We're, 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 we're hustling over here at Array of Hope, I have to tell you. I'm looking at that. You guys really did a great pandemic pivot. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. God, God is uh, keeping us on our toes. But I'm going to give yes. you. I'm going to give you a little bit of a pivot too. I have a little surprise for you. Um, uh, <laughs> the, the nature of this phone call. Uh, I know that we had something scheduled, like a, a meeting, but I'm going to. I'm going to change this on you and see okay. how you can improvise. You know that I started this uh, podcast. I don't know if you heard any of our podcasts, but uh, I was just looking at them. Yeah. Well, very wonderful speakers that you've had. Well, I want you to be a surprise guest today, right now, at this minute, oh. as we speak. Oh my are gosh. you? Are you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. Are you ready to shoot from the hip? Uh, if you want me to. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That would be amazing. So what talk to me like what what are we talking about? Oh yeah, wouldn't you like to know? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that this, might be helpful. <laughs> yeah, well, the theme of our podcast is actually intimacy with God. And oh, uh, yeah, okay. isn't that cool? So I, I, yeah. my, my question to you is that, yeah. how is that space for you? How do you create that intimacy with God? What is it like for you? And, and what is your relationship regarding that intimacy with God like? So intimacy with God. So uh, for me, in my experience, it has been... Uh, realizing that I have to carve out time to spend with him. And I have found that really having quiet time in the morning and having scripture gives me, it kind of it feeds my soul. It's really actually crucial to me being at my best. And when I, I don't have that time, I definitely notice the difference. So uh, yeah, the intimacy for in my personal experience is really carving out quiet time to be able to hear God's word and to journal, to hear what he's saying and be and be able to share my heart with him as if he's, you know, just a, a close friend. Yeah, uh, that, that's beautiful. And it's one of the things that we actually talked about today uh, in our podcast is that you, you're creating a discipline to be able to do that on a daily basis. I mean, the only way that we can really establish that relationship with him is that if we do it you know, consecutively every day and that's when the, the intimacy space starts to evolve. Am I right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Is that that discipline? And it's hard because yes. definitely yep. um, you have the spiritual battle going on there where uh, obviously the evil one doesn't want you to have that intimacy. He doesn't want you to have that spiritual nourishment. So it's 
really um, making that decision and carving it out and obviously not beating yourself up if, if it, you know, life happens, but to know that I guess the humility and I've learned the hard way (laughs) is that I can't do it on my own, that I can't just charge ahead on my day. And if it happens that life starts earlier, you know, especially if you have kids, sometimes, you know, you wake up and one of them is sick and you got to just jump into action. Um, even a short prayer and just inviting God into your day makes such a difference. That's great. And uh, do you find that the regularity actually gives you momentum and a a strength to persevere and uh, the discipline almost becomes like a virtue? Do you find that in in your daily prayer life? I think so. I think it's definitely evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember years ago, like when I came back to my faith, it was alien to me to spend time with God. I had never been taught that. So it was very strange. I just, I, it was something that I saw um, a close friend of mine cultivate. I saw her do it and I saw the fruit in her life and it gave me a desire to want that. Mm. And then slowly over time, I kind of found my own um, habit and it, it, it I, I think it, it does, it, it forms you, it changes you because how can you not, if you spend time with the Lord, it, it changes your heart, it changes your, your perspective. You're starting your day on a whole different launching pad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. You'd mentioned that you're, you're spend, you like to be silent in the morning. Um, I find that a lot of people are afraid of that. They're afraid to, to be in a silent space and, and just sit there. Um, how was it like for you early on, uh, just sitting there and just being silent and listening? What did that feel like for you when you first started doing it? At first, it was awkward. It was actually, it was kind of like robotic, you know, like, I was like, yeah, this is weird. Like, I'm not used to it. It felt like, almost like you're, you're trying on an, uh, a stiff new outfit, so to speak. <laughs> you're just kind of like, I don't get this. Like, this doesn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. But what a turning point for me was really inviting the Holy Spirit into my um, prayer time. And I noticed that slowly the reading scripture, it wasn't, this is going to sound really weird, but scripture no longer became this silent space where rather it was like a conversation in the sense that God would speak back in giving me scriptures or, or directing me to certain ones. So it no longer became a space of just silence. It was I, uh, it's carving out a relationship, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's not as silent as you think. And sometimes I do play music. You know, I do have like praise and worship music. I think that helps me sometimes to get into a space of prayer. So, mm-hmm. I never play music. Being a musician, I start listening to the uh, chords and I start no. listening. You know, are they out of tune? <laughs> I can't, That's a distraction you. for me. But yeah, That's you're funny. right. For some people, it, it's, you know, it, it mellows them out and puts them in a space where they can really be in communion. So look, that, that, that was beautiful. See, that wasn't too tough, was it? No, it wasn't. I didn't expect that, but you know. You agree. See, you, you, come you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> come, right on. I mean, and you said some things that were missing in our episode, and, and now you're going to have to listen to our podcast and check out some of the other speakers and how other people did. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, this was unexpected, but thank you for the opportunity. That, sure. that was awesome. <laughs> sure. Well, thank you for joining us, Enza. All right. Be well. Peace. God bless you. Bye-bye, Mariel. My friend, I'm calling I'm calling 
Today, we have a couple, a married couple as our guests. Uh, we have Dan and Stephanie Burke. Dan is the founder and president of Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation, which offers graduate and personal enrichment studies in spiritual theology to priests, deacons, religious, and laity in 72 countries and prepares men for seminary in 14 dioceses. He was also the president and chief operating officer of EWTN News. Dan is an author and an editor of more than 15 books on authentic Catholic spirituality and hosts the Divine Intimacy radio show with his wife, Stephanie, which is broadcast weekly on EWTN. So let's welcome Dan and Stephanie Burke. So here we are. We're very excited to be with Dan and Stephanie Burke uh, in the house for this uh, podcast and so glad that you're joining us. And I have a lot of questions for you guys because I know you have a deep history in uh, ministry. And But before we get into all that kind of stuff, I always like to ask questions about the beginnings of your journey, uh, the beginnings of your relationship with, with God. So, Dan, let me start with you. Are you a cradle Catholic? Uh, what was your life like when you were a kid? Give me a little bit of background and context. So I'm Jewish by birth, and uh, my my childhood was not good. Uh, drew, drove me to despair when I was about 18 or 19. It was a bullet or a reason, if I could summarize where my where I was uh, in that despair. And by God's grace, He led me to the reason, which is Jesus. And uh, Amen. Through um, you know wonderful. Southern Baptist pastor who gave a huge amount of time, wrestled with me for an entire year, and then finally I was baptized and and became a member of the you know the kingdom of God, and uh, the 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 incongruity of Protestantism uh, and the and the sort of uh, uh, cornucopia of contradictions led me to wrestle my way back into history. I uncovered two things. One was the apostolic fathers, the disciples, uh, the apostles and their disciples and their disciples and their writings. And I discovered Catholic mystical tradition. So long story short, uh, those two tractor beams uh, latched onto me and drew me. And in 2005, I, uh, I came to my final spiritual home in the Catholic church on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, I was received and confirmed uh, in 2005. So that's my story as quick as I can tell it. That's great. Stephanie, how about yourself? Uh, are you a cradle Catholic or did you have uh, a conversion? Tell me a little bit about you. Um, yes, I am a cradle Catholic, okay. and, but I, you know, a, an agnostic father and a Catholic mother. She actually baptized me when my dad was out of town, and uh, God rest his soul, he's, he's passed. Mm-hmm. But uh, she knew that she wanted to have me in the church, and she did bring me up in the church. Um, as I got older, it, it became more of a, you know, there were moments of light where I would say that I could see the Lord breaking through and kind of inviting me to something else. But I didn't really understand what that was, and I would have considered, looking back on it, my faith or, or my my participation in in the church was more of a cultural thing. It was Sundays, um, every Sunday. I knew enough. I had enough Catholic guilt dri- driven into me that I knew I needed to be at Mass every Sunday. 
but um, there wasn't regular confession or or rosary or that. It was it was more of an idea of of a part of my identity, but I didn't really understand it. And by God's grace, you know, He kind of brought me to my end before I met Dan. And I had a real breaking point where I, I, I felt I was in darkness, despair, and I did take myself before the tabernacle. And I, I laid down my life at that point after um, being divorced and, and being alone and really being scaring myself and understanding that I was not in a good place. And I began to cry and I laid my life out in front of the Lord and I said, you know, I've been taught that you're there in the Blessed Sacrament. If that's true, take my life over and I will do whatever you ask of me. Hmm. I need you. I don't know what I'm doing. And I need you to help me, you know. I didn't know tears could be that big, you hmm. know. Hmm. Um, I cried a river and I, I left my life, you know, I, I call it my alabaster jar. I poured myself out there. I said my fiat. I said, I'll do whatever you ask of me. Just take over. And at that point, the Lord did pick me up. Uh, he gave me an amazing husband in Dan Burke who taught me to pray, which was a big deal. You know, the daily mental prayer, the daily commitment to walking with the Lord learning to live what it truly means to be Catholic. And that's the beauty of it is that once we started to pray, get into spiritual direction, walk together, study, uh, really dig into this treasure of the church, um, I liken it to the difference. I can juxtapose it as what I thought I, the church was and my faith and, and this walk with the Lord was about the size of a little pebble, and what I discovered is that it's as big, uh, it, it's, it's something more like the Grand Canyon, mm -hmm. and it's just vast and deep and rich, and there's always more. Um, the walk with the Lord gets ever deeper and more beautiful, and so that's my, that point was my reversion, and praise God that He didn't leave me uh, where I was, but rather he received me as his prodigal daughter back. That's so. awesome. So um, the episode today is called Intimacy with God. So I know that these are areas of expertise for you guys, and uh, I just wanted to have you share your experience on how we can grow in intimacy uh, with God. Yeah, I mean, all of our work is to advance or repropose the mystical tradition of the church back to the church. And so, of course, the mystics help us to understand what Jesus meant when he said in John uh, 14 that uh, if, if we live in this covenant of love, and I'm using general language, I will manifest myself to you. The Father and I will dine with you, we will be with you. Or in Matthew 7:22, on the negative side, when he said, you know, you're claiming me as Lord, you're doing casting out demons, you're doing good works, but you don't, I don't know you. You know, this idea of knowing him runs deeper than just intellectual knowledge. And so coming to a deeper and experiential knowledge of Jesus requires just a handful of things that are true in the lives of every saint. We call it uh, the paradigm of ascent in our community, but it's a, it's a model that has as its center the fiat, like Stephanie described, that she gave to God finally. She was kind of hanging out in the, in, the, in the proximity of Jesus, but not totally saying, I give you everything. So she gave the Lord her fiat, and then she began to 
remedy uh, her life sacramentally. And she began to understand more about what the Eucharist is and how to go to confession more frequently. That was the most important support for her fiat. And then uh, on the other side of the triangle, so that's the bottom of the, the center and the bottom, on the left side of the triangle, then she began to practice daily mental prayer. That's key. Why? Because daily mental prayer is where we spend time coming to know and love Jesus. And when we come to know and love Jesus, that changes everything, you know. So, and that can't happen through osmosis. It cannot happen just by listening to homilies or going to Mass. It's something we have to diligently give ourselves to. And then the last part is, you know, in her life, she began to make difficult decisions about the way she had lived prior to that fiat and began to, to practice self-giving and self-denial which we traditionally know as ascesis in Catholic tradition. And then that made up the full triangle of what it means to then become intimate with God. Those, all those conditions have to be in place. And in fact, if the, all of those are necessary conditions for authentic discipleship. Stephanie, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I, you know, if we think, you know, the church uh, talks about this relationship with the Lord in covenantal language, right? And and they bring the language of marriage into it. And so if, if we talk about this desire to to speak and to know with and know the Lord, um, it would be absurd for me to claim to love Dan and to have a marriage with Dan and want intimacy in our marriage if I never spent time with him. Mm-hmm. If we sat all our meals together and we both had our head in our iPhones, and I'm using that on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I could never claim to actually desire intimacy and love him if I never gave him my time. So the same thing you know, is necessary for our relationship with the Lord. He desires communion with us and desires to be with us and in us and speak and work through us. And the only way that that can happen is if we'll respond to Him with our fiat. We can show up every day and, and speak to Him, allow Him to pour Himself out upon us, in us, and to change us. Some of that happens passively in our prayer. And if I don't if, if I don't follow his call to be still and know that he is, how can I possibly get to know him? Mm. You know, there's no other way to do it. And, and so it's, you, if you meet someone, often you can say, oh, that person knows the Lord. Well, if you dig a little deeper, you're going to find that they have a rich prayer life, that they're chasing after the mm-hmm. Lord, that they spend time in mental prayer, adoration, the sacraments. And, and he animates them, and uh, they glow with, yeah. with his presence. You know, uh, I, I was thinking, you know, before I even asked this question, I said maybe there's a, there's a really easy way of developing your intimacy with God so the listener gets, oh, yeah, I could do that. But there's no way around it. You kind of said it, Dan, right? It's like, you know, you really have to put in your time. You have to pray. You have to be disciplined. Stephanie's like, you know, how many times have people said to you, boy, I wish I could play the piano or sing like you or, 
Well, yeah, you can if you practice and put in the time and work at it. So there's no easy way. I mean, if you desire a relationship with our Lord, you have to spend time with it. And that was a perfect example. It's like, you know, your your marriage would fall apart if you didn't spend any time with your spouse, right? What What's right. the relationship? How is it going to flourish? How is it going to grow if you don't invest the time and effort to make it work? Which leads me to another question. It's a little bit off the beaten path, but this is for you, Dan. Like, I know that you, you were sick with COVID not too long ago. And by the way, I just want you to know that everyone in our organization was praying for you. And I know that thousands of people were praying for you, which, um, f- first of all, what does that do to your psyche, knowing that you're, you're so loved, right? <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And I have to tell you, I actually think it's ten to maybe hundreds of thousands, potentially millions. I mean, I got contact from the Vatican mm. when I was sick. So... You know, uh, I it. I mean, it's caused me to weep. You know, I mean, I, I I will tell you and all of your crew there that God's will was that I live, but you were the means, and it mm. took every prayer that was prayed, and everyone was engaged because God wanted them to be part of saving me. So I, my thank you to you and whoever prayed for me. It's very sincere, and it's for it was for God's glory. Yeah. I mean, because every person that prayed. And their prayers were answered, you know, they received a grace of increase in faith, yeah. right? It was to it was not only to save Dan, but it was also to um, to help us understand the power of intercessory prayer, that we are a community and we're called to pray for one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord works in and through all of us together. Yeah. What did that feel like, Dan? Was there ever a moment where, I know that you were pretty sick. Was there a moment where you felt that maybe you weren't going to make it? Or did you feel like, oh, you know, Lord, I'm coming? Or what was what was well, your conversations with our Lord at that moment? Well, I just, it's it's a little more stark than that. I, I have severe asthma. Mm. So I was already sick. I left EWTN because I was in a three-year decline. I'm, I'm taking max dose of medications and not getting better, and there is no, there are no more measures that a doctor can take. So I'm of a small percentage of people that could easily die from asthma. So when I heard COVID was coming, I told my oldest son, I said, I just need you to know if I get this, I'm, that's it, I'm going to be done. Mm-hmm. So so when I got it, I when we drove to the hospital, after it's a long story, but we drove to the hospital, I wrote my will in the car. And I, and I thought that was the last time I was going to see Stephanie. Now, I'll say this. I was ready to die, too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not presumptuous about my state, but I live in a state of grace. We go to frequent confession. We take our relationship with God very seriously. So that said, it was in no way easy. It was, uh, it was the most dark, difficult, trying, physical, and spiritual experience of my life. Wow. So is there anything that you want to talk about, your work that you want to share with our listeners and we could point some people to? Um, I know that you have an institute. Is there anything you want yeah. to draw people to? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to share a few uh, uh, resources because hopefully we pique the interest of folks about going deeper. Uh, and I've written a number of books, Into the Deep, Finding Peace Through Prayer. I recently wrote a book called Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. All of that people can find at uh, spiritualdirection.com. Mm-hmm. So we have thousands of articles there uh, with readers in 190 countries. Priests, bishops, religious, laity, all read. Uh, 
our articles there. And then that's spiritualdirection.com. Then we have... It also has videos. Videos, yeah. And our podcast. Yeah, there. Our, our radio show yeah. is there, uh, um, Divine Intimacy Radio, that's on EWTN, and, and then also in podcast form. And then we have the Avila Institute, which is avila-institute.org. And the Avila Institute, we do formation for priests, religious, and laity in over 70 countries. We have 63 men we're preparing for seminary in 24 or 5 dioceses. But we also do most of our formation is to the laity in terms of the bulk of it uh, all over the world, helping them answer these questions that you've been asking us and digging deeper. So we have courses on Foundations of Prayer and Union with God, Discernment of Spirits, John of the Cross, you know, Teresa of Avila, all that stuff. And then one last one is our community, which is Apostoli VA, and that's hard to spell, but it's Mm A-P-O-S-T-O-L-I-V-I-A-E.org. And we have a community in 44 countries, and our mission in the community is played out in those apostolates, which is to introduce people to an authentic encounter with God and help them to know how to realize that and then how to live that long-term. So those are three uh, websites that folks can go to and we can take you as deep as you want to go. No, that's awesome. And you know what? Sometimes uh, when people are trying to grow in their faith, they don't really know how to do that. You know, they know yeah. that they want it and they feel the tug in their heart. And, uh, you know, spiritual direction and help and guidance is is, is so important and can make yeah. us grow even deeper. And, and thank you for your work. So listen, guys, thank you so much. Uh, it was so great spending this time with you. I really enjoyed uh, getting to know both of you and uh, I wish you well. And, and let's continue to pray for one another. Absolutely. Good. We God will bless you. count on our prayers and it's great to meet you, Mario. God yeah, bless. Thank you for the time. So thanks for joining us today. And we want you to stay in tune with us throughout the week on social media, where we can keep you engaged through our music, our videos, and our daily reflections. We also want to thank our donors and our supporters of Array of Hope who have made this possible for us. And if you want to be part of that family, you can go to our donation page on our website at arrayofhope.net. Our guest next time will be Danielle Bean. You cannot miss this episode. We're going to talk about NFP. What is NFP? Natural Family Planning. I want to thank my co-producer, David Heideck, and our engineer, Jack Garno, for putting this all together. Thanks, guys. And I want to thank all of you for joining us today. And listen, there's always a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next time, peace. Peace.